Self-care game podcast should not be considered as or replaced with therapy. If you're currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your local mental health authority or the suicide crisis hotline. It's put them on a make them want to marry me. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, that's Devin and this <laughs> is Desiree. And I guess my, what's my saying going to be? It's going to be, I don't work jobs, bitch, I am a job. Period. Period. I don't pay bills, bitch, I am a bill. That's what it is, okay? <laughs> City girls doing this podcast thing. Okay. How was your week? Well, okay, so I didn't tell you this, and I didn't tell you intentionally because I wanted to make sure I told everybody on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I had posted on my story about how uh, some meme where it was like black women need to like be more comfortable with luxury Mm -hmm. and like just finding more things that besides like Birkin bags and all that shit, like all the designer shit, just actually doing stuff for us Mm -hmm. that we don't look at as luxury. So I went ahead and got me a cleaning service. And they came and cleaned my house on Wednesday while I was working from home. And that was cool. I wouldn't recommend (laughs) doing it while you're working from home. Yeah, I was gone. Because I just got my apartment cleaned last week. Oh, so how did they get in your house? I just left the key. Oh, okay. I know that was probably risky for the first time, but I had something to do. Dang, girl, yeah, I was like, Mm-mm. I had have, I have moved my jewelry box to the same room I was working in. I was like, I'm not going to play that game with them. But they was cool. and it was, Did you was, use mine? Mm-mm. Yours didn't go all the way out to my area, so I found a different one. But it was only $100. Yeah, mine was But they were only there for like an hour. It, it was like a two-hour minimum, but it only took them an hour. It was two people. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I had like three people here and I and they was here for like two hours. What was they doing? I, they deep cleaned it. Like they cleaned my refrigerator. They cleaned my microwave. They cleaned my oven. Like they got in the cracks and no. everything. Like I came in here, they rearranged some stuff. You see my living room furniture rearranged and I was just like, dang, they cleaned the hell out of my apartment. That's dope. See, I need to, I mean, I got a quote unquote deep clean and they did a, a good job. I mean, for them to take an hour to do something that would take me a whole Saturday, that mm-hmm. was cool. But I do want to find a company that, that goes like deeper. Like I want you to like clean in inside of my cabinets, mm-hmm. the inside of my fridge and stuff like that. But, um, and I wanted them to fold some clothes, hang some clothes up. No, they did that too. I didn't even ask them, Damn. but I'm going to have to, I told them I'll pay extra for them to fold my lunch. <laughs> I'll do it. But, like, my hairstylist that did my braids, she also told me that, because I was talking about how I got my apartment clean, and she told me that she gets her clothes washed. It's like a wash and fold. Like, it's different um, chains Mm. around Dallas, and you can take your clothes up there. She was like, she don't take her underwear, but she take, like, other stuff, Mm -hmm. and they'll wash it and fold it. So, and she said she get, like, four loads for, like, between $50 to $80 dollars. Damn. So I think I may start doing that too because I don't have the time to clean like I want to and get the things done yeah. like I want to. So it's just like, like you said, like luxury. We gotta 
you know accept it we do and even if regardless of whether you have time or not it's like i'm not gonna walk around and be cleaning my baseboards and you know what i'm not i intentionally told my grandma that i was having the cleaning service come because i wanted to see how she's gonna react and you know my relationship with my Mm -hmm. grandma and um as expected she was just like she was like you could have paid me to do that which she live in a whole different state like ma'am how's you gonna come you gonna come down here no but she also like made a comment she she i was like yeah i don't want to be cleaning baseboard and stuff she was like well you have to learn i was like well it's not that i don't know how to do it and she was like well what's your goals like are you trying to like get a husband one day and i was like how does so that... me and my husband gonna hire a maid. I look, said, we gonna have cooks and maids, especially after I had that baby. That's what I told her. I said, "How does cleaning a, a baseboards like? How does that relate to me getting a husband? Because does he know how to put a new engine in my car? Okay, he don't. It, Probably don't even know how to change your oil. Right. So I, I'm not really. And even if he did, like time is money. Like you got, you got think, other stuff. Yeah. You have to think on the same mindset of these millionaires. And it's a, it's simple shit that they can do, but they pay other people to do, mm-hmm. so they don't have to waste their time doing it. And that's what it was with cleaning for me too. It just took too much time. It took way too much time. Like like you said, a whole Saturday. So I'm definitely accepting that luxury in my life. And it was hard for me to accept it at first mm-hmm. because I was like, I could like your grandma, I could be spending that on something else. But it was well spent, honey. Yeah, I just need to so I'm I'm gonna keep with it probably like once a month having like a deep clean. But I got to find a different company because I damn sure want them to rearrange my cabinets and shit and clean all mm-hmm. inside of everything. So, but yeah, so that, that was my week. Other than that, um, I had skipped therapy for a week and I had another session. So that was cool. She actually said I was like making progress. So I was like, okay, sis. Um, that's good. But yeah, that's about it. What about you? Um... Well, I put in my two weeks notice. Well, it really wasn't a two weeks notice. It was like a week notice <laughs> with my current job. And the response I got from my supervisor was like really unexpected. She's a sweet lady, a very sweet lady. Um, and she's very like spiritual and religious. And um, after I told her, she was just like, okay, we'll do XYZ with HR, you know, HR stuff. And then she sent another email and she was like, I just wanted to like tell you like congratulations. Um, I knew this job was in your home. You're just simply passing through. It was such an honor to meet you. And you're smart and you deserve like you need to be doing more than this job. So I like I was like on the verge of tears when Aww. I was reading it. Cause I was like, damn, like I wasn't expecting like, that. Through, I know. So that was just like confirmation that I'm going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So hopefully with this new job. This will be my last job, and I'll go into entrepreneurship after this. So I'm hoping. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Well, it's definitely a congratulations in order. So congrats. Thank Moving you. Moving on to bigger and better things and Thanks. the stepping stones into being your own boss. Period. Because that's how we do it. That's how we do it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the media section. Okay. I made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. All right, guys. So for our media, let's see. The first thing that we're going to discuss is 
this hot piper hot tea on August and Jada. Mm. And how he's saying, you know, in the in the wake of his uh, new album release, because he hasn't released the album in like a few years, and he did this long interview with Angela Yee, and mm-hmm. it basically came out that he had a relationship with Jada. But he was also very broad about it. Yeah, he was broad. He kept it real. He kept it cute. Real surface. But it was definitely something. He said he had to heal from it, and it was, like, traumatic. He loved her. And, yeah. Yeah, so. But he didn't really clarify if it was, like, a sexual relationship or a romantic one. Well, he said Will gave him permission, so I'm but like. But he still didn't say it, though. Yeah, he didn't say, like, oh, we was bumping and grinding. But yeah. it's implied in what he said, because, like, you got to work that hard to get over somebody's wife. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think a lot of people just just he was broad with it, and a lot of people are just filling in the blanks as they want to. But I still think he was broad. But it does seem like they did have a romantic relationship by just how he said he had to get over it. Mm-hmm. And but overall, like to me, it just kind of sound like he sounded like he was like in a very dark place. He was dealing with addiction, right, and all that. So was he, what was he addicted to? I think Percocets. Oh, damn. I knew he had, like, the health issues. Because does he have... I can't remember what health issue he deals with. I just remember his legs were, were like, paralyzed for a bit. Yeah, his legs were, like, paralyzed for a bit. But, um... Seemed like when he met them, he was in a very dark space. And kind of just from what he said, it kind of seemed like Jada kind of took advantage of him. Because if you look at the age difference, they're, like, 21 years apart. Um, and then he was also very vulnerable because he was oh, dealing with the liver disease. Di- oh, he has liver disease. Okay. And then, um, he was also very vulnerable because he was dealing with the substance use and all that. So it just seems like Jada kind of caught him in a vulnerable space. And that kind of seemed like, kind of like predatory just a little bit. And I hate to say that because I love Jada, but it does seem a little predatory. Yeah. I like Jada. I like her. <laughs> I love her. Like I like Jada. Like I, I like her. She cool or whatever. I mean, Red Table Talk. I don't know. They just they be exposing a lot on there. And I mean, she cool though. But I, I always thought it was kind of weird her infatuation with Tupac. And then I, when I watched that interview, but they were real with, good friends, weren't they? Yeah, they were real good friends. But um, when I watched the interview, August was infatuated with Tupac as well. Like, well, like a big fan of him. So I was like, hmm, that's like interesting. I guess that's something that they had in common. And probably Mm -hmm. like if you admire somebody you never met and then you're like cool with somebody who was really cool with them. I guess y'all have a lot to talk about. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, it was kind of, it was weird how he said that um, Will gave him permission. Because I'm like, damn. Like, because, you know, there's always been the rumors swirling about Will and Jada being swingers and like all this like craziness about their sex life. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to have somebody come out and say something, especially because I remember a few years ago when everybody was speculating that him and Jada had something going on because they was always together. And that was weird because it's like, I mean, it's it not one of your... It was like a random pairing that I wouldn't have put together. Yeah, and it was I, just like, why y'all together? I think that's why it kind of got swept under the rug because it was just like, well, no, nah, that don't even make sense. Like it must no, be something charitable. They went to like shows and everything together. Yeah, but 
I don't know, but it, it watching the interview is good to see that he's like healed from a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like he's gone through a lot of shit and not has not handled it in the best way mm-hmm. or the healthiest way. And now he like has really like healed from some shit. Yeah. So that's what I was happy to see with the interview. I'm not a huge fan of him to be honest. Like I, I don't have nothing against him, but I don't like know a bunch of his songs. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just good to see a black man kind of open up about, you know, his feelings and being vulnerable about his emotions. And mm-hmm. I hate that the Jada part is like the huge topic with the whole interview. Cause the interview was interesting. He talked about his sisters and mm-hmm. his brother and his mom and how he basically has custody of his nieces and, um, just all the shit that he's like been through. So it was really interesting, but it's sad that like it's so much of a focus on that. So yeah. I guess we'll see what's gonna happen. Jada says she's coming to the table. So Girl, we'll see. We'll see when she pull up. Okay. What she got to say. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I kinda think she's gonna be honest about it though. I hope so, because I mean in this type of situation, if she lie about it or like say it never happened or something like that, it would just make so much shit be like go down because you're the red table talk is about being honest and transparent and you don't call people out you made ti sit down talk about his his daughter and jordan woods had to sit down and talk about the kardashian stuff like you can't possibly sit at that table and lie true so we'll see we'll see what she uh decides to do for her brand but um the other thing that i wanted to discuss was Zanaya rivera so it's she's and I hope I say I'm saying her name right, but she's a Glee star and um, she's also known for like a lot of roles when she was younger on various TV shows like mm-hmm. Fresh Prince and um, a lot of different you know predominant black shows um, mm-hmm. when she was younger. But she apparently went boating with her son. So her son is four. They went out, rented a boat, just the two of them. Mm-hmm. And um, when it was time to turn the boat back, like they never came back. So somebody went searching for them, found the boat with just the boy on it. And he was asleep and no sign of her. So, you know, they did a search, um, search and rescue trying to look for her. But now it's to the point where they don't believe that she's gonna be rescued because I mean it's been a few days now so yeah and I seen reports where her son said mommy went in the water and never came back up right and then also somebody says she posted somewhere a song by Eminem or something about late this or something like that did you see that mm mm let me look it up but was it that you like the one where it says like tomorrow's never promised i know that was like her last tweet or something and it was and it was like maybe six days before she went missing so i don't i don't really relate that tweet to what happened but i'm interested in what you were talking about but nevertheless the situation is pretty sad yeah it's super sad and to be honest like Okay, so none of us really know what happened because, like, obviously, mm-hmm. if we knew what happened, she would be here or we would have some type of real answers. But I really don't like the whole speculation to it being a suicide because that's what some people are saying. Like, she went out, went out and rented a boat with just her, her and her son mm-hmm. and, you know, like, 
people already think like she's crazy because she's Big Sean's ex and like there was some whole drama with that. Like right after they broke up, she married another dude. And Wasn't this the ex where he wrote the he made the song? I don't. Yeah, uh. girl. People have been in his comments, which is so fucked up. Like you know, saying I mean they're not saying like bad stuff per se, but just like. Oh, like, I hope she's found. And it's like, he's in a whole nother relationship. Like, be respectful. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure it affects him, but you don't have to be in his comments. Like, people yeah. are just, like, ignorant. But um, I don't I don't really think that it's a suicide situation. And I could be wrong, but I doubt that someone would bring their child with them mm-hmm. to witness, have the child yeah. witness that. And on a boat and in water, if you love your child and, and maybe... Unless she was in a dark place. I'm not saying she did, but I, I mean, it's mothers that do it. Um... But it doesn't seem like it. Just from what yeah. we know about her, it doesn't seem like she would do that. But I also like saw on Twitter, people were saying that um, they've been to that lake before. And apparently that lake is known for like being super cold. Like even mm-hmm. if you like put your toe in it, you're still not prepared for when you jump into it. And it's like shockingly cold. Mm-hmm. But then also um, that lake is known for having whirlpools. Mm. Yeah. So it's... I, I think that's more so the situation. Yeah, it, I mean, like, it seemed like an accident. Yeah, it just just like a freak accident. Hopefully, I don't know, I'm still, you know, going to hope and pray that she's found safe. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe she just found shore somewhere to, to you mm-hmm. know, swim to or something. I don't know, but I'm hoping she's found safe. I know that's like super tragic for that family, especially yeah, to, to be in an unknown boy. situation. But thank God they found the little boy and he's yeah, safe. There's still going to be like some abandonment issues there for him, though. That's so sad. Yeah, super sad. So we'll just keep hoping for the best. Um, but the other thing that I don't even want to talk about this shit. I hate him so much. But 50 Cent. Virgil sent over here running his goddamn mouth per usual. Like this man is how old and still be talking shit about everything and everybody. He has some issues. So I'll, I'll let you tell us what he said because. So basically he had an interview with Lil Wayne and him and Lil Wayne was talking about like quote unquote foreign women and 50 Cent was just saying like how he prefers them and how he, he was just like, yeah, these girls look foreign. Like they just got off the boat or something and just really just kind of just like, you never seen these in the hood. Like, yeah, just really insulting to black women. So first of all, I just think he's an idiot. <laughs> and honestly, he's been in the news these, this past week because he also got into, um, a fight he in New threw Jersey. A table at somebody. Yeah, he threw a table at like somebody. He got into an argument. So I don't know. How old is he? Let me look. Girl, too damn old to be saying the dumb shit that he His say. His ego is so he definitely got some perk. He's forty five years old. But he definitely has like some deep ass issues. Like he has some one, personality stuff going on. For one, I'm not really taking anybody's opinion serious when you don't even have like a relationship with your son all because of the mother like you just out here not even claiming a son that's clearly yours mm-hmm. and like he, he just has a lot of fucking issues and for him to say that about oh we want somebody exotic you know what i want me somebody exotic too i want a nigga that can fucking actually think 
<laughs> How about that? Like, express your opinions without insulting others. Like, stop calling it foreign just because the black one is not a black woman. Yeah, because if you, I mean, because foreign, let's look up the definition of foreign. Let's look this up. Or I'm going to look up exotic, too, because, like, this, this nigga, like, you know what's exotic to him? Actually making fucking sense. So, foreign definition. <laughs> Okay, Mocha, Mocha mad about it, too, because Mocha is a proud black dog, okay? <laughs> Come on, you better stand up for black dogs everywhere. <laughs> um, so, so, foreign means of, from, in, or characteristic of a country or language other than one's own. Okay. Or it means strange and unfamiliar. So, in that aspect, but that's subjective because it depends on who's talking. So, I guess to 50 Cent. Other, I would, those other women. I guess I could say he's foreign because he's strange. Yeah. And I wish he, we and were. Unfamiliar. I wish the world was unfamiliar with his ass. Yeah. Um. And exotic means originating in or characteristic of a distant foreign country. But um, Cuban doll. I mean, I know that she's that's his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Where's she from? It looked like America. I mean, I'm going to give her a benefit of doubt since she called herself Cuban doll. But there's also Dream doll, Barbie doll. Yeah. <laughs> all the rest of these dolls. So who knows if she's actually Cuban. But she called herself speaking of and was like, don't worry, ladies, I got him on this. Like, bitch, break up with Cuban the doll. I think you're thinking about the wrong one. Cuban doll is the girl that's the rapper. No, I think... Um, 50 Cent Girlfriend is... I think it is Cuban Doll. No, I just looked up Cuban Doll, and it was the, it was a little rapper from Dallas. Her name is Cuban Link. Yeah, Cuban Link. Okay, I oh think my it was gosh, there's so many Cubans. Right, and, and who knows if they've actually ever been to Cuba, or from there? Because Cuban Doll is African American. Okay, so not Cuban Doll. So Cuban Link mother is Puerto Rican, her father is black. Again, um, <laughs> why do they call themselves Cuban if they're not Cuban? I don't know. I, I honestly don't. It, that's just the way of the world with Instagram nowadays. Anything to seem, I guess, foreign or strange and attract these niggas that like them. So, but the fact, I mean, honestly, the fact that, um, Lil Wayne and 50 Cent were sitting down and talking. Well, Lil Wayne has a whole black ass daughter. And 50 Cent has whole black ass Lil Wayne's been dating kids. mixed chicks for like... For the longest. So that's why yeah. he was laughing and really wasn't saying nothing. I think he was laughing in a sense like, okay, I, don't, I ain't finna even put my two cents in. Because he know it came from his ass too. But I feel like that hurt um, his daughter, Reginae, kind of feelings a little bit. Because, you know, she posted on Twitter, I'm black, I'm beautiful, I'm exotic. Like she tweeted that. And then her mom reposted a picture of her, and she was like, my beautiful black queen, just hyping up her daughter. And that's just, like, I bet that hurts as a daughter to see that. Right. Like, why is you even laughing? For one, You should have redirected the conversation. Is is Lil Wayne off a lean? Or whatever he was on that was making him have them seizures? I don't know. I think he's still... I, I don't know. Just the fact that either one of them open their mouths ever but for them to do it in the same room on the same like Mm -hmm. platform it was just like who who allowed this yeah it's very unfortunate so yeah that's it for the media section oh we're not gonna hit kanye oh yeah girl (laughs) so if y'all haven't seen kanye y'all this is ready to move to the next segment 
Because like, I be tired of these people. Like, shit. But we can talk about Kanye. So Kanye has been in the media lately. And as soon as I seen him in the media, <laughs> I said, this nigga is manic. This nigga is going through a manic episode. So before I get into the story, let me give y'all, um, we're going to do a whole episode on this. But let me tell y'all what bipolar is. So a lot of people think bipolar is just like mood swings. You're happy one minute, sad the next. But it's really not that. It's like you have super, super highs and super, super lows. So your lows are what we know, know as depression. And this can last for days or weeks at a time then your highs are your manic episodes and this is when people have like superhero syndrome um they're very grandiose they're they may stay up for days or like a week at a time like literally no sleep um they may work be like super focused on a project or just like running around just doing just like or like spending a lot of money um so basically that's what bipolar is you have these highs for like days weeks at a time then you have these lows for days weeks weeks at a time and sometimes people with bipolar can go a pretty long time without having manic episodes they may struggle more with depression it depends on the type but i knew i always can tell when kanye is allegedly (laughs) in a manic episode by what is in the media like when he was talking about um, black people, the slavery with black yeah, people. Yeah, slavery was a choice. Slavery was a choice. Um, running for president. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. But when he's saying these off-the-wall stuff things, it's usually not like all the time, if you haven't noticed. It usually like pops up here and there. Out of nowhere. Yeah, it pops up out of nowhere, like here and there. Like when the protests happened with George Floyd and everything, that nigga was quiet because he wasn't many. So basically... I think it started about last week. Um, he started saying he came out and said he was gonna run for president, which he can't because the paperwork to submit was long time ago. <laughs> um, and then Kim like retweeted it and put, and put the American flag. Like, girl, like you need to realize when your husband is manic, that, so you this, can provide the proper support. That's but what anyways, I mean when you date these exotics. These <laughs> oh foreigns, my gosh, y'all. These, I mean, date who you want. But I'm saying, a strong black woman would have never let that nigga tweet that to begin with. Would have like, nigga, you tripping. Chill. Michelle would never. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, so he tweeted that, and then from there, what did he start doing? Um, He did an interview where he was just rambling. Like, um, talking about the presidency, tying it to Wakanda. <laughs> like he was just really just talking just talking y'all like he talked about Planned Parenthood yeah he's been like going on a rant about Planned Parenthood talking about these souls deserve to live and I just really think he's manic and then later reports came out that saying that said Kanye is currently dealing with a bipolar episode which is the incorrect terminology. He's currently dealing with a manic episode and family is worried. But a lot of questions come up and they're like, who, what family? Who are they talking about? Right, what family? And how worried are they if they're still allowing him to do interviews? So that's yeah. the thing about being a celebrity. When these celebrities go through certain mental health issues, mm-hmm. it's in public eye. So it's not, they don't have the luxury of everyone else where you can kind of go through, get checked into a hospital you know get your meds straight and and be back good like instead people are like you can call up forbes you can call up um any anybody mm-hmm. and have an interview and they looking at it like oh shoot kanye want to interview and yeah. he did an interview in six months like yeah we got the exclusive kanye don't be doing interviews because he be in his right mind like i probably don't need to talk around this time right but 
And that goes further with saying what I'm saying is like his family need to realize when he's in, when he's manic and they need to relay that message to his PR because mm-hmm. the fact that he's doing these interviews out in public while he's manic is like exploded, exploded, girl, I can't Explo- say that for the ex- Explo- Exploitive. Explosive. Explosive. Y'all can't say a lot of words, but it's exploded. I know how to type it, but when I be trying to say it, I be like, ooh, I right. that word. At least up. you know how to type it. Yeah, that's all that matters. Because I probably don't know how to spell it. <laughs> I know spell how to spell it. Spell it was not my strong suit. <laughs> Talk like pronunciation is not my strong part. <laughs> it's not. I don't know if it's my accent or what. But, anyways, but yeah, that's just like. It's not good that he's doing these right. interviews. And, yeah. That's and for just... the record, I feel like, like, I don't have anything against Kim Kardashian or any black man or black woman or anybody dating outside their race. But the thing is, like, we look at Kim and she's over here doing all of this work for prison reform. And, and this is targeting to who? Certain minorities. So whether it's mm-hmm. black people or whatever other minority she wants to work with who are being unfairly accused of things or like just, just working on reforming the prison system in general. And you're working towards that for a certain population. Yet here you are married to a black man and you're not stepping up and doing the work with him too. Like you can't. His mental health. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't pour it all into your career but not give any to like the black man that you have at home because he needs somebody that's gonna mm-hmm. notice that and put a notice dead stop to everything but honestly somebody else pointed out that his mom's death anniversary is coming up or mom's mm-hmm. birthday is either death anniversary or um or birthday i'm not sure which one and like last around this time last year he was kind of dealing with some stuff i think this was around the time where he said um, the slavery, the slavery the comments. So clearly, his mom' death anniversary or birthday is a trigger for him. So he needs extra support around this time. Yeah. So. And it's it's really no excuse for the family because y'all have the resources. Like y'all have the money. Maybe they don't understand mental health. But you have the money, the resources, the ability to bring people in, mm-hmm. whether you understand it or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's an injustice to him for them to allow him to go on mm-hmm. these. Like they they did the right thing with um what's the brother name? Rob. Rob. They just let Rob be. They checked in on him. They mm-hmm. made sure, like, you know, they kept his fears up. But mm-hmm. he was hidden from the... But he was also dealing with depression. Bipolar is a very different diagnosis right. than depression. But they also made sure that his, you know, his image was hidden from the media. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure some of that was him, too, because he was unhappy with his weight. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you've had someone in your family who you've seen how their mental health has affected them. So although Kanye is dealing with something different... If, and it's foreign to you. Depression may have been foreign to them before Rob was dealing with it. Mm-hmm. So take the, the necessary steps. So what, even if you can't understand it, bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't know to bring in a psychologist or a counselor. So maybe you could just bring in a life coach or somebody just to sit and yeah. talk with him and and see if you need, what other steps needs to yeah. happen from there. But just, like, letting him, like, oh, it's Kanye. Oh, I'm just going to encourage And it. I think that's what it is. I think people really don't understand what bipolar is to the point where they're just like, oh, that's just how he or she is. But mm-hmm. it's like, no, they're, they're, they're bipolar. That's right. what's going and it's on. a disservice to, uh, you know, it, forget about how the media takes it or how, like, it affects the public. 
think about him and his legacy and what he's worked hard for. And mm-hmm. then you're allow- you're allowing him to just like throw it all away with these episodes that he's having. And that's, that's not fair. Like that's your husband. You're supposed to be one with him. So learn, brush up on it, mm-hmm. learn, bring in the right resources, but don't just, I feel like she retweeted him to make it look like they were a united front. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you don't need to be doing that. You need to stop him from ever even tweeting that. Like, you need to be right by his side, making sure that he's getting the help he needs. So, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's the, the moral of the story is because I've heard some people say this you cannot actually vote for Kanye. So, whoever was going to vote but for But you his can ass, write him in. So, y'all niggas better not write him in either. Right. That's how, that's how um, Trump won last time because people was either not voting or they was writing in stupid mm-hmm. shit and don't don't do that because that's how yeah. you can divide the votes and trump can win yeah. again don't even vote for a third party honestly i hate to even say that but yeah vote <laughs> look we all are not excited to vote for biden but at this point, this is the only choice we had. Right. We the third have, party is not going to win. The third party is not going to win. It's just going to split up our votes even more. So let's let's just vote for him. Y'all, he apologized for the crime reform bill. <laughs> he realized it was racist. Let's just move on and just let him be president and do more of the local voting so we can have better choices these ne- within the next four yeah, years. Yeah, y'all better uh, vote. In the early voting that's coming. Well, early voting ended today. I didn't vote. I'm going to vote on Monday. Or is okay. it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. I'm going to vote on Tuesday. Yeah, girl, I did early because I was like, girl, it was in and out. In and well, out. I've never had an experience where voting was like long lines or anything. Well, that's usually in the areas where they uh, set up the limited number of polls anyway for a higher population. You mm. know, how they have the um, voter suppression. Yeah, I still haven't experienced that yet. Every time I go vote, it's usually in and out. I've had to wait in the line for a little bit before. You know what? Over in um, when I lived in Arlington and Mansfield, mm. it was a long line then. But you know, I kind of live in the hood now, and I voted over here, and it still wasn't long. Mm. Anyways, make sure y'all vote. Please vote. We ain't got time for this. Yeah. All right. So on to the main segment, guys. All right, y'all. So this episode, a lot of people are going to be happy, I feel like, because it's a very popular show. But this episode is about Insecure. And um, so let me start by saying I'm new to the Insecure train. Um, I just binge watched the whole season when quarantine started. And then Mm -hmm. I've been binge watched season four after it was over. So this episode is going to be about insecure and friendships because it's been a lot of debate online about the whole Issa Molly. Are you team Issa, team Molly? And we need to talk about it because adult friendships are important and it's something that we have to tap in. And it's part of our mental health too. So we're going to go episode by episode and just um, kind of break down what happened in the episode what somebody did right, what they did wrong. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to tell you guys the, like, different types of friends that you do need to have and the types of friendships that are hard to maintain Mm -hmm. or, like, hard to, like, keep when you're dealing with, like, mental health and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So we're going to start with episode one. Okay. 
And this was the episode where it's, you know, started back and it was, um, what's her name? How you say her name? Condola. I, wanna, I always want to say name. Condoleezza. Girl, it's not Lisa. I know it's not in there, but oh. Twitter just makes me want to say Condoleezza. Condola is an ugly ass name. It is. Oh, I'm sorry, me by name. <laughs> you know, our <laughs> listeners. We it's just like, respectful, bro. I'm so sorry if anybody listening named Condola. Condola, Condola is a unique name. It's a foreign name. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we're going to stop it right there. So, Condola, in the first episode, basically, Condola and Issa. Experienced that awkwardness about Lawrence when mm-hmm. that was Issa. episode one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. That's when. Um, so okay, it started off with Issa like shopping and shit, trying to uh, you know have her swag match Condola's because Condola was all put together and shit. And Issa mm-hmm. felt like she had to like match her fly. Condola hair was real dusty though. I mean, you know, I can appreciate Insecure for the black hairstyles. I can, but they Issa, get a little bit be, better with Condola. They go hard on Issa hair, but Condola, you She has know. Some, a lot of flyaways. <coughs> Beyonce said we ain't got to lay down the edges. No, I'm not talking about the edges. I'm just talking about, like, how, you know how, like, you get, like, a ponytail. put your hair in a ponytail, <laughs> and, like, some pieces are too short. She did, yeah. She That's did. what I'm talking about. They could have said cut and just, like, came and, like, gave her some edge control or something real quick. I don't even think she needed edge control. I don't know. It was just dusty. But anyways, <laughs> so, yeah, Issa was trying to match her fly. Yeah. And, but I think that was the episode where she found out about Lawrence. I think towards the, like, When end. she came to her office. And Tiffany was like, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's <laughs> she fine. Killed me. She, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. So yeah, that was awkward. That, that was, was hella awkward. Girl, if I was in that situation, I would have been would like, I probably would have said, didn't Issa say like, damn, you trying to take my, you trying to talk to all my niggas or something <laughs> like that? I probably would have made a joke <laughs> like that. How she said, let me uh, talk to one of your exes or something. Yeah, like that. I that probably would have, I probably would have handled it just that like Issa. That shit was funny. I probably would have handled it really? just like her. Yeah, I probably would have been like, damn, oh. let me talk to one of your niggas then. Shit. I mean, yeah, but that, oh my gosh, boy, she. Like visualize them, uh, her and Lawrence having sex, and she was like, "Pop the tag, pop the tag." That was that was my favorite part. That was too much. That was my favorite fucking part. Their bro. sex things be a lot. It do be a lot, but it was fucking funny because Issa was returning and exchanging them clothes, and he, and she like, "Damn, he got a bitch that can pop the tag." Oh my gosh, that was a miss. <laughs> but then also in this episode, um. Molly was had like she started feeling salty with Andrew about not feeling exclusive because she found out that he was still seeing other people and going on dates. And yeah, Molly being Molly. Oh, I hear, <laughs> I hear some biasness. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I I feel like Molly definitely could handle that situation better with Andrew because she could have mm-hmm. just simply had a conversation, but instead she tried to switch up. Her game and like act like it was all good or like act like oh I'm talking to other people too when it's like you know just be an adult and have that conversation like you ain't got to sit here and like try to build up a team but then again I be doing that shit I'm like oh we not exclusive cool let me respond to this nigga real quick yeah I used to do that a while ago but my therapist told me that was toxic I'm toxic. <laughs> 
Sometimes I'm working on it. Okay. okay We're not friend. all on the same level. Okay, friend. <laughs> I'm still healing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So in that episode, yeah, Molly could have handled that better. I think Issa did good and tried to like keeping the peace with mm-hmm. her and Condola's friendship, especially since like they have the whole event together. So it's like, yeah. You got to keep the peace, at least to this shit over. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So, episode two. So, Molly, like, forced Andrew to, like, open up. Yeah, that was, yeah. I don't like that. She didn't like how he was being secretive and didn't want to talk about deep shit. I don't like that. Well, maybe he didn't want to yet. Maybe he didn't want to. I mean, I get it, but like, if you feel like, okay, like we really going places, I could see her overthinking and thinking, like, damn, he don't be telling me shit about his family. Maybe, okay, I just see where Molly coming from. I just think you can't force nobody to. You can't force the type of relationship you want onto somebody. I feel like stuff like that should happen organically, especially mm-hmm. when men. Men have a hard time opening up in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, she should have just let him do it organically. I just don't think he. she should have just kind of forced him. I mean, but it ended up good. Like, he was like, yeah, I should open up more. But I do feel like she kind of forced him. Yeah, she did. It wasn't the, like, healthiest way to go about it. Like you said, it should happen just naturally. But, you know, like you said, Molly just being Molly. And then it was the awkwardness of um, Issa and Condola kind of, like, getting over the whole Lauren situation and then just sharing like fun facts about the nigga, which was awkward. About the mayonnaise and french fries? Yeah, like I don't know that. I don't know that I would. So would you still be cool with somebody? Let's say you, you was in that situation. You met somebody and they was cool and you was like, and then you find out like they dated somebody you used to date. Like, would you still? Okay, this look that you're giving me is giving me the answer. <laughs> but the people still got to hear it. <laughs> I mean, I would if we're not together and I was over it. But if I wasn't in Issa case, I probably would be a little bit salty. But the nigga eating mayonnaise on his fries is pretty weird. No, that was the weirdest part. So I think the context of what they joked about really wasn't. Yeah, it was more so, like, him not being comfortable with them, like, sharing shit about him. Like, like what else she gonna fucking tell you? Yeah, if I was, I on, if I was in Lauren's position, y'all be like, damn, can y'all stop? Yeah. I probably would have reacted the same way. So, I've actually been in a situation where I've been friends with somebody and we dated the, the same person. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we didn't date them at the same, well... It kind of was, like, at the same time before we knew each other. Mm-hmm. But then we met, and we just clicked. And then, like, I I had to, like, tell her, like, yeah, like, you know, I found out that she used to date him, and I mm-hmm. did, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we continue to be friends. We... We're not, but none of y'all. When y'all were friends, y'all weren't currently dating him, right? We didn't know each other when we were like okay, so that's different. So it was like they broke up, and then I met her, and then yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah, so yeah, it was a little different, but it was interesting. Yeah. 
So what else happened in that episode? Oh, and then Molly got mad because she tried to talk to Issa. Oh. And she, mm-hmm. she, Issa and Condola was sitting down and Condola was about to leave. And Issa was like, no, stay for food. So was that a good move or a bad move? Like, what? what is... It wasn't a bad move. It was nothing deep about it. So you think Molly was tripping? Yes. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I feel like I get where Molly was coming from because, like, if I'm meeting so up with you, so you a Molly ass type of Look here, look here. You know what? I'm gonna have to own my shit. I'm a little bit of a Molly, okay? Because <laughs> if I bitch, if I gotta talk to you, if, if I'm trying to talk, okay? If we Did she not make that like clear that, before that? No, but bitch, if we meeting up, like. Scurry on, y'all. Y'all meeting on? It, but it's if done. it's like if we meet regularly, me as I think I'm definitely more of an Issa type. Of <laughs> me as the other friend, <laughs> it, unless you say like we gotta talk. I need to talk to you about something. Then I'm gonna assume it's gonna, it's gonna be a regular. But if it's your day. best friend, you know the tea coming. That's assumption. That's I mean, assumption. it is an assumption, but like, I I got friends that we we already know, like, bitch, you already know I'm gonna come with some shit. Mm, yeah, I see it from that perspective, but I think Molly was kind of tripping. If she was uncomfortable with it, she should have been like, yeah, I don't think she needs but to say. I will say, I think it was more so that Molly was just mad that Issa was still gonna be friends with her or be cool with her. That too, like, why are you still, why are you friends so, with her? You want, and she said, cause you all, you just like that messy shit or something. Right, like that. right, and that, and for me, like, I, it was more so the whole like inviting somebody else or like asking somebody to stay and me and you were supposed to have a thing like i could get that but the whole like her still being friends with condola like i don't think i would have got mad at that because that's your business like i mean she got she mommy was getting a little jealous she was she was and i I didn't agree with that part but then okay so the next episode episode three was the whole thanksgiving episode so Issa and molly had planned to get together as they do all the time for thanksgiving pie and then um she ended up like just hanging out with her brother the whole night, which was hella cute. You know, it, just was. Them. They, it seemed like they needed that. Yeah, they did need it. And but she in the same sense like left Molly hanging, which was another dig to Molly because the whole thing happened with Condola and all that. She felt slighted with that. And then um Condola and Lawrence broke up um because she didn't wanna get married again. And he didn't know he knew that she was married before, but he didn't know that she wanted to get married. Didn't want to get married ever again. Yeah. Why are you looking like that? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't have much to say about that episode. Because Issa did leave her hanging. But I feel like she kind of had a good reason. Right. And she could have communicated that with Molly. Like, hey, me and my brother kept having some yeah. much needed catch up time. Maybe we can get together. We spent it quality time. Yeah. Like, we needed this. It was unexpected. Yeah, she should have explained it. Because Molly took Communication. It. Yeah. Is it important was, in adult friendships. It was a lack of communication there for real. Yeah. But as far as Condola and Lawrence breaking up, I guess, I mean, he's it wasn't serving him. Like, if you don't want to get married, then what I'm here for. So, I get it. It was just, like, weird. Like, I get it, too, but it was, like, damn. Like, I didn't know niggas, like, walk away because of, like, something like that. Yeah, niggas got feelings, too. They want to get married and have babies. Do they? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So episode four. <laughs> okay. Um, there was some awkwardness at Tiffany's because they all came over for the baby. Um, Molly made some assumptions when she saw Issa talking to Lawrence out the window. And um, Molly really wasn't making time for Andrew because uh, she was busy with work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Issa asked her to ask Andrew a favor because she was putting together the, um, you know, the event and she needed an artist and he works for Live Nation. Mm-hmm. So that was quite a bit because they, they had the parking war when they were trying to park in the spot. Molly was dead ass wrong. <laughs> She, she was wrong. I, okay, let me clarify this. I feel like I'm not all the way a Molly, but I'm not all the okay. way a Issa either. So I don't know which one I will really fall in. I have characteristics of both. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Molly was wrong. I, I feel like she was just walking around with an attitude. And anything Issa did was just going to bother her because she already felt some type of way. Yeah. I agree. And her making that assumption about Issa and Lawrence, like, mm, I don't know. She was just very judgmental. Who? Like, Molly. Molly. Yeah, she yeah. was. Like, you don't even know what they talking about outside, and you just looking like, mm, there she go, going back to her normal shit. And it's like, well, Molly damn. is just judgmental in general. She has a lot of inner work to do. She does. I think Issa does, too. But... Yeah, neither one of them are the perfect friend. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> but they just... They, they both have, like, toxic traits in their friendship, but one is more, I feel like, socially acceptable than the other. Because the yeah. other one you could see off bat. But Issa does some shit too. But it's, it doesn't come off as harsh as Molly. Yeah. I think Issa has more of an avoidant attachment style. And Molly has more of an anxious attachment style. Mm. So Issa tends to avoid. But Molly is the person that feel like she always have to like address things right on the spot. And yeah. Oh, I don't remember which attachment style I have. I'm a combination of both. I don't think mine is um, anxious. I think it's an avoidant one. But, um, yeah, so that was that about, you know, that episode. Then episode five was a block party. Molly didn't want to go. Um, and then Issa and Molly got into the argument. I wish... <laughs> I wish they would have threw hands. Why would you wish that? <laughs> they needed to throw hands. They just need to get it out. Look, I come from the that country. That is not getting it where out. Where we take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I just feel like hands. it was just, I just feel like, I feel like Molly was real disrespectful. She was. I agree. But wait, so in the country, y'all be throwing hands and y'all just get over it? We throw hands and then we talk about it. But it helps get their Bitch, ain't out. nothing to talk about after we throw hands. Yes, it is. I'm confused, but I mean. But you know what, y'all? Like, I don't do that anymore. So sometimes when I be saying like throw hands or like or I say something like I'm gonna beat your ass, like I, I literally don't mean throw yeah, hands. Did, no, I don't. I literally don't mean it. Sometimes I just mean like I'm gonna get on your ass real quick, verbally. So you wanted them to get on each other's ass verbally real quick? Yeah. Okay. So with. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to refresh my mind because mm-hmm. I'm still stuck on the fact that you said throw hands. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I feel like it was definitely wrong place, wrong time. I don't give a fuck how mad Molly was. Like, what Issa did, did it go behind Molly's back? Yes. But that was not the time or place. That was not serious. What? It wasn't serious, for one, but it also was not the time And why place. couldn't she just help her as a friend? That, too. But I see why she didn't, because it's like, me and him just got back on good terms. I don't want to be out here, like... You know, you make up with a nigga and then you ask him for a favor right after. It looked like you just made up to be on good terms to ask that favor. So I can kind of see it. I feel like Molly should have just said, like, okay, I'll ask him, but not today. Or she didn't want to, and she should have said why she didn't want to. Did she say why she didn't want to? I don't really remember. I think she did. She just said, mm. Okay, so you're not comfortable. I'm going to do it myself. This yeah. is my livelihood. This is my job. True. And that was another thing, too. Like, this is a big-ass event for her. So, it'd be one thing if she was asking for tickets to a concert. Like, yeah, I'm not going to ask my nigga. Like, we just got mm-hmm. back on good terms. Maybe if we was already on good terms, I would ask him. Mm-hmm. But we just made up. I'm not been, I'm not about to ask that nigga. But, like, for her to have a big event like that, like, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and ask. Even if we ain't on good terms and no shit like that, we'll get over it. Mm-hmm. You still need an artist for your venue. So, simple as that. But Molly was wrong. I don't condone that at all. Like, that's why I say I don't have all of Molly's traits because I don't really care how mad I am at somebody. I'm not going to, like, ruin their event. True. That's just That just crossed the line. And it was in public. And then you ruined the ending because it looked like it was shooting and somebody was like, oh, she mm-hmm. got a gun. It was just a hot fucking mess. That, that was a mess. Right. Thinking like, about it, that shit was funny. <laughs> like, I remember laughing at the episode. I said, these niggas... <laughs> They really ran into- <laughs> They really ran. And it's like, damn, like, I had this bomb-ass fucking event, and then it How ends. How it end in the middle with an argument? And- <laughs> right. Issa, look. That is her look, honey. Oh, my gosh. But, um, okay, so episode six was, like, that awkward episode where they really was, like, avoiding each other and shit. Um, Issa found them fake-ass new friends. <laughs> now, I do wish she really would have beat they ass for real. Because them bitches, ooh, I would have ran up on them. One time for uh, Kyla Pratt, though. Yeah. TV legend. TV legend. I grew up watching, well, listening to her. No, watching and listening. What, listening where? Proud Family. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? But yeah, Girl 101 was my shit. Her her daddy flex. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, like, that little awkward episode, and, um, they were ignoring Kelly, like, Issa, Kelly was really checking on Issa, and, like, seeing if she was good, and she's just, like... I feel like they always do that to her. They do. I feel like they be pushing Kelly on the back burner. They do. That's why I said... And Kelly is the realest one. And that's why I said that both of them have toxic-ass traits. Like, neither one of them are the ideal friend, Mm -hmm. because regardless of how you act in this particular relationship, like, you still... Fucked up in other ones. Yeah. So, like, neither of them are just the perfect friend. Mm-hmm. No matter how you spend it. And then, episode seven, Molly goes to Mexico with Andrew. A little vacation. And they meet with his brother and his um, wife. And she gets into it with his brother, rightfully so. Because I hate it when people try to be like, oh, well, hypothetically speaking, if this happened to a white person, <laughs> would that be considered racist? No, because black people can't be racist. But that's a different topic for a different day. Because, um, y'all, I will go on and on. So you think the brother the was wrong? Yeah, the brother was wrong. Well, okay, so I think... I don't think she had a 
she storm off like that. Right. She didn't. I think that she didn't handle it right. So regardless mm-hmm. of whether he was wrong or right, I feel like she could have handled it a certain way to not ruin the trip. Because you notice mm-hmm. they didn't see them the rest of the trip, was which yeah. was kind of like fucked up. And put Andrew in an awkward place. Yeah, like I mean, and this nigga open up to you. Right, he he bringing you around his family. And he's showing you why, like he and had you, these issues with his family. And you just find one little thing that just sets you off for the rest of the fucking trip. Like, damn. Oh, child. Yeah. So she, I mean, she self sabotaged that one. But then she also found out that um, Issa was talking to Nathan again, and she judged her for that. Like, mm, of course, she's talking to him again. Like, damn, Issa can't have a team. Like you, cause first season one, Molly was out here. Yeah, she was. So she like, was doing her thing. Let but, Issa do her thing. But I think I don't think that it's about. I think it's for one. Molly just like feeling some type of way about her. So anything she do is gonna bother her. Mm-hmm. But for two, I think that because Molly's on the outskirts and not seeing like why she's around these people, mm-hmm. it it makes it look like oh she's just getting a team of her old niggas back back but she to really her wasn't old ways. Doing it. Right. So you just making assumptions. Which is making you judge this person mm-hmm. off, of, off of something that's not true. Yeah. So that was just a whole mess. Um, episode eight was the Issa and Lawrence like meeting up. That made me so happy. I know. It was so fucking cute. And it's like, ooh, this nigga got money now. Oh, he was ordering Uber Black. I right. Said, Come on, push through. And then, oh, they run into uh, the fucking, oh, what's his name? The, um, the security guard yes, that her little the, um, her little fling girl ooh child that's embarrassing you know how much a nigga gotta like you to run into like your ugly fling mm-hmm. and still like continue the night with you yeah that's crazy and cause he show play like it was ending right he was I would have beat his ass <laughs> hypothetically I, not literally or y'all. yeah figuratively beat his ass yeah <laughs> would have got on his ass okay <laughs> But yeah, that was that was a cute little episode. It was like, ooh. But you know what? I, I feel like shit like that be giving women false hope. Cause this show made me think about uh, like yeah. just like a what if situation. It's like, no, don't need to backtrack there or wait for that nigga to get money or his shit together. Like, no. Yeah, I get that too. But it I feel like it should also tell women like it's okay to kind of be in the moment of those things and every situation that you're in like that doesn't mean like you're gonna marry the nigga like we can have good moments and just enjoy that moment with people and just leave it at that Mm. yeah i don't think in the moment so (laughs) (laughs) yeah you look at the bigger picture i mean like i don't think like that either but I've trying I'm trying to train my mind to like start yeah. appreciating the moments rather than like being so far in advance because you know, those moments are precious if you're not fully living in that moment. Right. You're not gonna be able to experience it fully. My uh hopeless romanticness be jumping out in those situations. Okay, be wanna get married with five kids. Right, I'd be like, damn, his teeth look good. Like my kids gonna <laughs> have some good looking teeth. Damn. <laughs> But, um, the next episode, um, Molly and Issa finally met up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was while Issa was helping Nathan move, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no. it was. Look, y'all. I don't remember. I watched it like a few weeks back. I watched it a couple weeks ago, but my memory just shitty. So No, I think it was while she was helping Issa, Nathan move. Because, you know, Nathan lived with Andrew. And they had to get their stuff from Andrews, and they uh, end up having drinks. But remember, they she saw her at that um that Thai place, 
and um, didn't go in. And Molly saw her. But that was the last episode. Yeah. No, no, no. No. That, no. She saw her at the to-go place. <laughs> like, she was getting food to go. Molly was sitting there at the counter, and then she left out and didn't actually speak to her. Maybe that part. No, that was after like, they did that, I think. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, but the point is <laughs> Molly fucked up talking about you see I'm trying and text Issa, bitch. That's when no, what she say? Now this is the appropriate time to, to be her ass. To be her ass. Like for <laughs> to real. throw hands. That's the appropriate time. Like, bitch, you gonna be talking about me to your nigga and we supposed to be best friends. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be the bitch you texting. Text text me about your nigga while we in the room. Mm-hmm. Don't be texting about me. Yeah. And that's why she ended up accidentally sending it to Issa because naturally you'd be texting Issa in the room. Yeah. And then um, the last episode is when Tiffany just fucking disappeared, which shows, further shows, Nobody. how Molly and Issa neglected their friendships. Friends. Not just their friendships with each other, but they neglected every other friendship outside of them. Because Tiffany was struggling with postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And and they didn't even fucking notice. Had no. I feel fucking like it clue. was obvious when yeah. I was watching. Maybe because it's, I'm not. I don't have the hindsight bias. Maybe but because you, maybe because you went to school for this. <laughs> but you don't feel like it was obvious. I don't think the a, a normal person would think of it to be obvious. Like when you look back, so. When I watched it and I looked back, I was like, damn, she was like super excited to be away from the baby. Because remember, like. Um, and she was like, I don't want to go home. Can yeah. you just handle it? Like, I knew the end. Oh, and when they was over the house and she was like, oh, don't get her riled up. I don't like her riled up. I mean, I love her, but I don't like her riled up. Mm-hmm. So, like. I, I was picking up on all that. Yeah. I mean, I picked up on it, but I think so, I think so many people are unfamiliar with postpartum that they just don't like seeing yeah. those hints they just think of it like oh she's just enjoying being out like mm-hmm. oh she gets to have a drink now they're not looking at it like hmm this might be something concerning mm-hmm. but we'll have an episode for y'all on that yeah then andrew breaks up with molly because mm-hmm. he felt like he just she wanted the idea of the relationship rather than just being with him Mm -hmm. and you know that kind of furthers my point about just being in the moment and enjoying things you know yeah and molly molly definitely self-sabotaged that because she wouldn't get over the whole brother situation Mm -hmm. like how he tried to get them to go to the game Mm -hmm. and she was just like no y'all go ahead and he asked her like a bunch of times like he really wants you to go like, girl, you got to get over that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be over here. Like, that's his brother. Like, we ain't mm-hmm. talking about an associate or, talking like, about his, brother. his co-worker. Mm-hmm. Like, this is somebody blood-related to him. Like, you got to yeah, get over that shit. she was wrong for that. Yeah, so, rightfully so. I feel like he was, he was right in that. And then, um... The big news. Ooh, child. But I seen this coming, too. I seen it coming. Man. Lawrence got Condola, Canola Oil... Condoleezza. <laughs> Pregnant. Preggers. That was just like, this nigga about to get a new job. He's about to move to another city. They just had this conversation mm-hmm. about like, she was just like, you know what? We'll, we'll make it work. Like, I don't mm-hmm. give a damn. And then like, woo, sis, not only are you making a new city work, mm-hmm. you're making a child work. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. Like, what, what would you do in that type of situation? Would you continue with the nigga or... I don't know until I get in that situation. <laughs> I hope I never do. 
But based on Lawrence and Issa's situation and everything and how they, like, they basically feel back in love with each other, I probably would try to make it work. <laughs> you like, no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Boy, okay, I feel differently now than I did a couple years ago because now I have friends that have blended families. And, you know, they have their little, you know, hiccups here and there. But, like, they have, like, beautiful-ass families. They make that shit work. Mm-hmm. They love um, their bonus child just like their own. So, like, mm-hmm. now that I've seen it, I'm like, it's doable. But starting from when the baby is born. I know. Like, I, I mean, we don't all Because I be... hate to beat your baby mama ass. <laughs> <laughs> Violence is not the answer. It's real, y'all. I'm not meaning literally. Okay? Yeah. But we, we would hate to dig into her ass. But I don't know. I would... I don't know. Like, I would need some type of, like, real commitment from your ass. Like, like you would have to, like, really be with me mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Like, we would have to be fucking living together or something. Like, we'll have to set some boundaries. But it makes me, I like, I kind of had PTSD from the game. <laughs> <laughs> when, you know, dude got, had another baby outside of their marriage or whatever. They, I can't remember if they were together or not. And wasn't, like, their wedding day the, the baby mama went into labor? So here's the thing. I did not keep up with the game. But yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> his baby mom went to labor on their wedding day when he, they was about to say I do when he had to leave. Oh, I do kind of remember that. So I didn't watch the game faithfully, but I, I saw episodes here and there because that, that was, was so when, sad. That's when everybody named mama was watching it. So everybody, how she went over, they had that shit on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, ooh. That was hard. I don't know. Like, that's why I say you, you had to either. If I was in that situation, I would have to either be like it's over mm-hmm. or we completely immersed in this shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm your fiance or something. Like we mm-hmm. we not about to play those games of like, oh, we figuring out. No, we together. And I know for sure that you're not going back to her ass. Mm-hmm. Like so there would, there would have to be some sort of commitment. But so, okay, now that we've recapped those episodes... We want to talk to you guys about adult friendships and which ones are good and which ones are not so good for your mental health. Because obviously, um, to be honest, like your friendships are the most important, some of the most important relationships that you have. So just as Mm -hmm. like your, you know, relationship with your significant other or your relationship with your family can affect you, your friendships can affect you too. And I know like for me personally, my -hmm. first episode of depression was, um, it wasn't, brought on by uh, my friendships but that was like a tipping point so Mm -hmm. it was like I already had a lot of shit going on and then like falling out with a group of friends was like just pushed me over the edge because then Mm -hmm. I didn't have any support system yeah so um yeah it's it's really important so psychology today has this um, article about four types of friends that you need in your life and um, we're just going to uh, kind of recap that. And uh, the first one is the prophet. <laughs> so this is someone that um, kind of just helps you realize, like, try, try to step away from yourself and mm-hmm. look at things as like a whole picture and like figure out like what's guiding you. Um, what do you feel or like, why do you behave in a certain type of way? And, you know, make sure that you're looking at yourself like clearly. So that way you have a real idea of who you are and like, you know, kind of like the voice of reason when a lot of shit happens. I feel like that's me. 
I feel like that's me too. Maybe that's <laughs> like when you have a friend in your life that that is a counselor or an aspiring counselor, maybe that's why mm-hmm. we fall into that. Yeah. And then the second one? The second one is the cheerleader. So this is the friend that's super supportive, sympathetic, calming, um, that we, the type of person that you like to talk to when you're having a bad day. Um, so the cheerleader is a great partner and the book ends to the profit. So we need both. Um, so if we just had profits, we'll just be burning out. Cause like the profit makes you dig more into yourself for the cheerleaders. Like, yes, bitch, <laughs> that's my best friend. That's my best friend. Do you have a cheerleader and your like main core of friends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do too. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, she's definitely a cheerleader friend. Yeah. Like, it, literally, I talk to her, and we brighten up each other's mood, because we just, like, mm-hmm. just laugh about all types of shit, so. Yeah, same. Especially now with quarantine, like, mm-hmm. I find myself calling on that friend more often, because mm-hmm. of everything that's going on. So, number three is the harasser. <laughs> this is a person with a great sense of humor, um, who ends up. Uh, who helps you regain regain perspective when you become begun to take yourself too seriously, um, especially when you face challenges, um, and they help you just laugh at yourself, and uh, they may turn out to be a problem for us and those who suffer for a lack of ease or um, flexibility. So this is a friend that like is like don't take yourself too seriously. So this will be like Kelly. And mm-hmm. insecure. So it's it's a friend that is like, don't take yourself too seriously. Kind of, you know, encourage you to be spontaneous. But if you're a person who doesn't like being flexible and stuff, mm-hmm. like you probably have that friend, but you limit your interactions mm-hmm. with them. Like you, you have those boundaries set up. Like, no, nah, girl, I'm not going out every weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've had... I feel like that's me too, though. Really? The, um, yeah, I think hmm. I'm the harasser too. The harasser? I feel like... Do I have that? Mm. I can see that being you. Mm-hmm. I can't see it being I, I you. I got some of that in me, but I think I'm mostly the prophet. Yeah. I've had that friend before as like a really, really good friend. And it is harassment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a form of harassment. Because mm-hmm. you'd be like, damn, bitch. Like, I'm not doing all this shit. Like, you need, I got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> Then the last one is the inspirational or spiritual friend. So this is the friend that calls on us to be all that we can be without embarrassing us. Um, and yeah, basically this is the one that's, that's like, okay, pray about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got this. Give you inspiration when you need it. This is the friend that's sending you like motivational speeches mm-hmm. or like listen to this podcast. I think this will help you. This is this type of friend, kind of like a resource almost. Yeah. Oh, I have a friend like that for sure. Mm-hmm. And our relationship is so it's so funny because I don't talk to her on a, like a regular basis, but when we talk, it, it's the deep conversations, mm-hmm. and she always is like. I don't like it's just something refreshing about it because mm-hmm. it's just like oh like she just be reminding me like bitch you you that bitch and like here's why you that bitch mm-hmm. and like you know like she be pulling shit she be like remember when you did this and mm-hmm. you did that like you were set up for this and I'd be like yes bitch yeah. like let me call you every day but you can't okay. handle it every day okay you, you can't have that everyday conversation going that deep mm-hmm. so but I love that friend too my oh. friend like that is actually a male. Really? <laughs> yeah, my friend Daryl. Oh. 
That's my motherfucking friend. <laughs> but yeah, Daryl is definitely that friend. <laughs> he be hyping me up. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. So the next friends that we gonna talk about is the ones that you you might not want to have around when uh you know you are dealing with mental health. They're just bad for your mental. Mm-hmm. So the first one. Oh, like every single one of these, I mean, like ugh. the promise breaker. So this is the person that does not keep their word. They be breaking promises, whether intentional or not intentional. Um, they're routinely repeated. So like you can kind of guess how they're going to be. Guess this friend how going to flake. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. and um, they, they break promises while still expecting everything from you in return. So this person is the like receiver instead of the giver. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, mm, I'm a flake on you. I ain't going to be there when you need me, but you better be there when I need mm-hmm. you, bitch. And yeah, those, ugh, that's so draining. Yeah, it really is. Then the next friend is the dramatic one. So <laughs> dramatic friends, they can be fun sometimes, but you know, they best for reality TV. <laughs> um, but these are the type of friends that like talking about rumors, gossiping. They they tend to act like the victim when things happen. And it can be just like toxic and emotionally draining. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had friends like this. I haven't had friends, well, no, I haven't. I've had associates like that. They mm-hmm. haven't made it to the friend level because I, mm-hmm. I nipped that into the book real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-mm, she not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we ain't finna do uh, somebody. It seemed like somebody screamed action every time that bitch show up. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. And then there's the negative Nancy. Um, so this is the person whose moves are contagious. And um, while there's nothing wrong with venting to your coworkers, crying to your BFF when you're feeling low, they're constantly being a negative influence around your life and they can hurt your own emotions. So it's like that person that you call and you be so excited. And then five minutes into the conversation, you're like, damn, why I call this bitch? Like mm-hmm. it ain't nothing good coming from this conversation. You complain about every single thing. Like it's just draining. Yeah. A lot of these friends can also be friends that's dealing with depression because sometimes people that's dealing with depression can come off yeah. as super negative. Yeah, I know when I'm going through a depressive episodes, I can be that person. But I try to I try to be mindful of it so yeah. that I'm not like bringing the person down. Mm-hmm. So if I say something and I catch myself, I just try to like keep the conversation going mm-hmm. and not like say anything else negative. So mm-hmm. so you can have some of these characteristics and that's fine, but it's it's all about like does is this defining you cuz then that's how you end up being that friend that's yeah, not good for people's mental health. Um and then the next one is the competitor. So this is the one that likes to compete which is like achievements, all that. And some competition can be easy, be like, if y'all both got business, you'd be like, sis, I bet I make more money than you this month. Like, you know, friendly competition mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. if they're like literally competing with you and you're picking up on stuff like, why is she doing this? That is not a friend, that's sis. The, I've never had a friend like this, honestly. That's a friend of me. Yeah, that's a friend of me. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a friend exactly like that, but I've had a friend that's like, doesn't want to tell me where she gets shit from mm-hmm. because it's like she don't want you to have the same shit. 
and I just always thought like that was weird but it it is weird but in the moment like with us being friends I just was like trying to like okay maybe she just Mm -hmm. like how you don't remember where you ordered this hair Mm -hmm. and you just got it today bitch like you don't remember the website already like that's that's weird but yeah so you have to watch out for those friends because that can be a a frenemy for sure then it's a bad influence woo child and they and people think a bad influence is just like your preteens and your teenage years. It's not. It can go into adulthood as well. Um, so this is that friend that um, just tries to get you to live your life on the edge mm-hmm. and do all this crazy shit that you ain't got time to be doing. And um, they can get you in trouble and increase mm-hmm. your anxiety and uh, hurting your overall health. So this is that friend that's ready to risk it all at all times and always trying to fight right always trying to fight that friend that may experiment with drugs or be like here girl take this molly you know it just make you feel funny yeah you stress just take this pill yeah let's just go drink since you stress and this is not this not healthy or that friend that you go out with and you know you can't trust going out with them because you look up and she gone and she like oh i'm with so-and-so mm-hmm. like mm-mm, don't be around that friend because that's just gonna lead you you either gonna fight or flight like you're either gonna be end up like them or you're gonna end up like just dropping them anyway yeah then the next one is the one that fights so this is the friend that you're always <laughs> going back and forth with i don't got time for that i don't got no friends like that we're not gonna be out here arguing of course friend like disagreements and friendships are natural but i'm not gonna be but going arguing back and all forth. the time yeah i'm not gonna be doing that sis Mm-hmm. Or they always find something wrong with y'all's friendship, or mm-hmm. always gotta talk to you about some like damage. Like, mm-hmm. and these those type of friendships can have an increase in depression or um, a decrease in your self esteem because mm-hmm. you just constantly like thinking, well, is it me? Am I doing this? Maybe I need to work on myself because it's like that, you know, like they're shifting the blame. Yeah, and then you have the know it all friend. And this is pretty self-explanatory. They just know every damn thing. There's nothing that you could tell them that they don't already know. And even when they're wrong, they don't admit to it. Um, and they damn sure don't say they're sorry. So um, it's not really fun to hang out with those type of people mm-hmm. because it just you just realize they're not really listening to you. And um, they're just constantly correcting you. And it can be insulting and frustrating to be like put down and belittled all the time. Yeah. I think sometimes I can be a know-it-all. And I only say, I only admit this to say that some of these friends with these negative characteristics can also be these friends that we said before, like the type four types of friends that you need. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes, like even though these you have good friends, sometimes they do have negative characteristics about themselves that may fit in these, in both characters, yeah. like positive and like negative they're still categories. human. Yeah, so I think if I fall into any of the negative characteristics i can definitely fall i can definitely be a know-it-all sometimes right so but i actively work on it yeah and that's the thing too it's all about like when you can see people working on it or doing the work or like making progress towards Mm -hmm. being a better person so like you may have a friend that is one of the seven that can affect your mental health but are they trying to be better yeah like that doesn't mean because they fall into that bucket oh i gotta drop her Mm -hmm. she didn't know it all she the negative nancy no maybe for one they might be going through something so Mm -hmm. like check into that like look at their track record and see if they've always been this way or if they've recently become this way because mm-hmm. they may be going through something. True. But then also, 
you know, just know that people can change. Like they could be human and decide one day, like, Hey, like this isn't who I really want to be. Cause I know a lot of us go through trauma and we present one way that we're not because mm-hmm. it's a self-defense. So, and I can say that to myself too, because I, I hit some of those marks on the seven, the seven that are unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the ones that I hit is out of self, out of defense, yeah. you know, just a defense mechanism for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So when it's all said and done, are you team Issa or team Molly? Issa, bitch, the fuck? I'm team communication <laughs> because at the end of the day, all of these. You said Issa or Molly. Those are the only options Issa. you gave me. Issa or Molly. Which one? You know what? I'm going to go against the grain and say I'm I'm team Molly. Because uh, I'm. Gross. <laughs> P.U. <laughs> You childish. <laughs> but only because, like, I feel like, yes, Molly is the way that she is, but she's working on it. Like, she's she started, well, okay, maybe she ain't doing the work as fast as everybody would like. You ain't got to make that face. But she is starting to accept some of her flaws. She called her therapist. Said the last has, episode. She called her therapist and said, no, that was in Mexico when she called the therapist and said she has a hard time letting things go. Oh. So mm. she is starting to like, but that's the thing. We have to give people grace too. So even we though, do. even though she's the villain of the show, quote unquote, I feel like, you know, she has the potential to turn around and acknowledge what she's doing. But mm-hmm. then Issa got to do the work too, because Issa not just walk around as a perfect ass friend. Issa got to sit there and learn how to communicate instead of avoiding things and letting it stir up and get worse. So they both got to do some work, but I'm a, I'm gonna be Team Molly because she needs some people on her side. Okay, so that's in the main <laughs> segment. Let's get into asking for a friend. I love how our uh, asking for a friend section is about like friends, and then this episode is about friends. That's funny. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> so the first letter comes from our listener Angelica Pickles, and she said, "I have a problem with a friend. I'll call her Shelly." I've known Shelly for about four years. We met when we lived in the same city at a mutual interest event in the writing community. Okay, writer. At this particular event, I was kind of the welcome committee, making people feel at home, especially newcomers. I'm pretty comfortable in that role, but I think it might have been um, the basis of my problems now. After seeing Shelly at this recurring event for a few times, I asked her if she wanted to go to other writing events with me. I knew from my conversations that she was depressed. She was upfront about her depression, her medications, and she was also very involved with a number 12-step program such as AA and um, Marijuana Anonymous. I felt like I kind of liked her. That exists? Yeah, it does. I felt like I kind of liked her and that it might be cool to go places together. Although I'm friendly, I'm pretty much a loner. I like to be by myself most of the time. I only have two friends that I'm comfortable enough to hang out with. 
I wasn't positive about getting closer with Shelly, but it did work out in its own way, so we continued to attend events together for a few years, about twice a month. I let her know about an upcoming, upcoming reading or other event, and we'll go out to dinner first, then to the event. I always drove, always paid, and I mostly kept up the conversation. I would not try to prattle, okay, prattle, um, but I always <laughs> felt I had to keep things going. I also felt like I was richer and luckier than her. So, okay, no big deal. <laughs> we both look like <laughs> yeah, What? Um, there were moments where I felt pretty good about her. Actually, when I look back later after I dropped her off at home, during our dates, however, I mostly felt um, pulled into her unhappiness. Most of conversations with her were saying what she currently was devastated about. This could be minor or big. From her leaking roof to her father's illness, the times I tried to improve the situation, recommending a handyman, taking photos of some items she wanted to sell, and so forth, it just never worked out. There was always a problem, some reason why she was stalled. I learned not to jump in with any solution. There weren't any. Later, when she would refer back to our date, she would say how much fun they were and how I really got her. I never felt that when we were together. Woo, this is a long one. We almost there, though. Then I moved to another state. (laughs) I was somewhat relieved to leave her behind. We'd email a little. I visit the old town twice here and there. The first time was a quick overnight stay at her place. That was a mistake. I asked way in advance. I bought my own futon, bedding, towels, and I took her out to eat. She didn't move one thing in her cramped and cluttered home for my little bed. She complained for a while. Then I tried to sleep. I was very uptight. I left at 5 a.m. the next morning and ducked down in the park until it was light enough to drive. The next visit back in town, I stayed at an Airbnb, and I only saw her in a group, although I drove her to the group. Now, Shelly wants to visit. Every time I think of it, my heart hits bottom. I can't imagine her staying in my home for three days and nights. Although I can fill up the days with field trips, what about the long nights? What about trying to get through a film or a conversation or yet another meal? And she will be there right there the next morning. I'll have to start it all over again. One part of me says to tough it out. She is depressed and she can't help it. And saying no might throw her into a deeper hole. She seems to value and enjoy our friendship. Am I that wrong? Another part of me is having her totally visit, having her visit totally erases me. I have to struggle through hard days. And even though I'm not as depressed as her, I have plenty of anxiety and bad feelings to sink up my own boat. So what do you suggest, Angelica Pickles? Girl, she didn't leave that girl alone. Like, you obviously don't want to be friends with her. Leave her the hell alone. And then you looking down on her. Right. You're like, not a good friend, bitch. Like, <laughs> it ain't about her. It's about your ass. You're not a good person. Like, you are Okay, I'm not going to say all that, friend. I mean, it's true. Damn. Okay. I just think, first of all, you have way too many reservations about this relationship. If it's making you feel... It rules, bitch. Damn. Like, calm down. If she's making you feel this bad and you feel like you got your own problems to deal with, you can just, like, explain that to her. Um, And then keep in mind, like, when you're talking to friends about their problems, sometimes they just want to vent and you don't have to give any solutions. Like, that's not necessary. Um, One good rule of thumb to do is to ask her, are you you telling me this to vent or do you actually want advice? 
Or if you feel like you don't have the emotional space to listen to her problems, set up the boundary and tell her to ask you if you have the mental capacity to take on any venting right now. And also, I mean, I would say stop being friends with her, but it also sounds like you kind of need to set up some boundaries. Because if y'all are friends and you went to go stay with her and she didn't move nothing around, I would have been like, damn, bitch, can you can you clear space a little bit so I can lay down? But it's just overall. Huh? Maybe she a hoarder. Still, clear some space, bitch. You invited me to stay yeah, over. But that's like, I don't know. I just feel I'm like. I'm going to ask, friend, can you move this so I can lay down and go to sleep? I just feel like overall, if you're not happy in the friendship, then cut it off. Tell her you're not comfortable with her coming down and give it suggest somewhere for her to stay. Or if you still want to hang out with her, like, you know, you can still suggest from her somewhere to stay. But, you know, the whole part, the part in the letter where you was like, I feel like I'm more richer and luckier than her. That just kind of screamed a little white privilege to screamed me. Screamed a little know-it-all-ish. Yeah, bitch. it definitely screamed. I, I didn't like that. I don't like yeah. that. It's upsetting me and my homegirl. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I just feel like I'd be interested to see this from the other side because mm-hmm. I bet you it's like this girl trying to maintain this friendship with you and mm-hmm. you just like this know-it-all, I'm too good to do this, I'm too good to do that. It always has to be your way. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's her version of it and she's just trying to keep the friendship going. So maybe y'all both just forcing it. But, I mean, it seemed like she said that she only had two friends to begin with. And then this would have been her third one. So, I really feel like maybe it's you, sis. Like, maybe, I mean, obviously, she probably has her own issues, too. But you got to look inward sometimes and think, like, you know, is this really worth me getting upset or bothered by? Yeah. it's Like I said, it kind of sounds like you need to set some boundaries with her. Like, you you may need to push through this friendship. And then, of course, our all we always going to recommend... Therapy to help you navigate these difficult mm, feelings, especially um, in this situation. Yeah. So. So yeah, I have a letter from As Told by Ginger, and okay. <laughs> um, she says, "Hey y'all, uh, so I've been dating my boyfriend for about three years. We recently, about a month ago, found a place and moved in together." I've been feeling like he's stuck in who he is while I've grown over the years. Um, when I try to address things, he becomes defensive and shuts down instead of being able to have a adult conversation. We've even tried couples counseling and he gets the issue in the moment, but throws everything out the window when we leave the session. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, moving in would change things, but but it hasn't. Should I stay and pretend to and play pretend to save money or should I address the issue and see what happens? I can afford the rent on my own, but it wouldn't be easy. And I damn sure wouldn't be able to save as much as I'm saving now. Should I ask them to move out or should I be the one to move out? Both of our names are on the lease in a one bedroom. Love the show. Thanks. As told by Ginger. Well, first of all, okay, let me just say this about couples counseling. People are almost every client I get comes to therapy because their relationship is not working and they want to work on themselves for the relationship to work. <laughs> so first thing, you can't go to therapy to work on a relationship, uh, individual therapy. You can only go to therapy to work on yourself. And if y'all both, if you and your significant other, your partner decides to go to couples therapy, y'all need to be going to de- therapy separately to be working on y'all individual trauma, toxic traits, all that. Mm-hmm. 
because it's not going to work. Like, couples therapy is not going to work if y'all are not doing the work outside of yourselves because it's two individual people that's in the relationship. So, I think people get too caught up in, like, the couple aspect of it. And it's like, we need to figure this out when, in reality, you need to figure it out. And then the couple stuff will fall into line. So, if he, I'm going to say if he's not going to therapy as well, then he's going to continue probably throwing that stuff out the window. Um, as far as just like you staying or going, if you feel like you need to, you need to look at like the facts of the situation. If you need to save some money or you need to get your, um, bank account to a certain limit, then you need to bite the bullet, set boundaries, and probably still try to actively work on your relationship while you're there. You know what I mean? Um, even if it's just for six months of the lease and then you or him move out the the last six months of the lease. I think I don't think you should rush into like leaving or moving unless it's like completely affecting your mental health. Now if you feel like you can handle it, then like I'll say bite the bullet and try to set up some boundaries and work on your relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you don't think you can, then sis you you'll have to figure something out. Right. Well, I feel like if she's writing in basically asking if she should move and all that, um, obviously it's somebody you probably don't want to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in a one bedroom, it's kind of hard to like break up and still like not have, not see that person or have your own personal space mm-hmm. or, you know, and that could be bad on your mental health too, because it's like you are then stuck in a place with somebody that you're trying to like take a break from. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I can take a mental break from you, but I can't take a physical break because we're constantly in the same place. So, um, I feel like I don't know, sis. If you could fake it till you make it, that's what I would do. Yeah. But there's so much that goes with faking mm-hmm. a relationship to you making. And that's really from a moral standpoint. I don't know what your yeah, morals are. That's what I'm saying. That's I don't think not... I'll be, personally, I don't think I could do it for a year. I could probably, like, tough it out for, like, six months. Right. <laughs> right. Like, ooh, child. So you can get your savings to a certain point maybe you so can... you can handle the rent. You know what I mean? Right. Or maybe you can, like, encourage him to get, like, a job where he travels. <laughs> maybe Girl. he could be like a um maybe he could work for the cdc and like do a bunch of traveling uh for covid or something i don't know yeah. like because <laughs> y'all are quarantined together because the numbers are back up at the same time like, bitch, i don't know it's it not like you stuck like chuck to be honest because even moving in like this oh child both names on the lease i just always think about credit and ooh, mm, credit is yeah. hard to recover don't from. don't leave him there if anybody move out make him mm. be the one to move out child don't leave him don't leave your name on that lease and you mm-mm, no Look, ma'am. my good sis i just feel like you just gonna have to fake it yeah find a safe haven with one of your friends that don't mind you coming over and stay in the night with them, maybe. Like, you know, even though we're in COVID times. Right. Or one that ain't out in the pub. Like, make yourself busy. Like, maybe. Ooh, what if they both working from home? Ooh, child. But does the apartment have, like, a, like an office that you can go to or, like, a clubhouse you can go work in? Yeah. Maybe you or, gotta, you just find some ways to get out. Yeah. Which sucks because, meditate, like, your home is supposed to be your, like, plan, safe haven. Yeah. Just find some hobbies 
Find something to do. Like go go exercise mm-hmm. and like maybe you can go reading at like yeah. in like a park or something. Mm-hmm. Just find a way to be away. But that still sucks in itself. But yeah. eventually I feel like if you do that all the time, eventually he gonna be away from the house too. Well, since yeah. I'm here by myself, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends and ooh, I hope not with quarantine. But I don't know, sis. Oh like, yeah. Quarantine is hard. So it you really is. just gonna have to tough it out with this one. You are friend. But best well, of luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all for asking for a friend. Um, I guess we'll get into meditation minute now. Desiree's going to be leading us in some affirmations again. And also, be sure to, you know, download our episode, share with your friends, mm-hmm. like, subscribe, do all that good Leave stuff. Leave us a review. Mm-hmm. You know, the people want to hear what y'all got to say. Y'all yeah. are listeners. We want to hear what y'all have to say. Like, mm-hmm. if there's anything y'all like or anything we can approve on, just let us know. Give us that five-star review yeah. so we can, you know, reach more people. And, and uh, if you also need advice, please send us an advice letter to advice at selfcaregang.com. Yes. And please. we will read your letter anonymously. Um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a major thing. Like maybe you just need advice on like something simple. Like we'll, we'll answer something simple. Yeah. You ain't got to write two books like good, my good sis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sis gave us the details. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> let's get into this meditation minute and we'll talk to y'all next week. All right, y'all. All right, guys. So let's talk about confidence. So I feel like confidence is something that a lot of us kind of struggle with or have struggled with at some point. So we're going to get into how to combat that and, you know, just a daily affirmation that you can say in reference to confidence and being more confident. So let's start by saying, I inhale confidence and I exhale doubt. Make sure you take your breaths when you say that. I inhale confidence and I exhale doubt. (sighs) Doubt only occurs because we compare ourselves to others. We look at what other people have and we think to ourselves, oh, I could never have that or I could never do what they do. And then it's a downward spiral from there. And it only gets worse as time goes on. But what happens when you tune everyone else out and tune into yourself? You get to know yourself and learn to like what you see. You may even realize that the same people you're comparing yourself to, you don't actually want to be like. Confidence is trusting yourself. It's being so in tune with your own characteristics that nobody can tell you anything about yourself. And once you learn yourself, comparison can't even live in your heart. So exhale that doubt and inhale trust and learn to love yourself. Namaste, gang.